strong hold the phone sun came out today born again there's new grass on the field Hello, everyone, and welcome into DC Talks Rocks. And I'm actually going to be talking rocks today. I'm going to start something that I'm going to plan on doing throughout the entire off-season here, and that's dedicating some of these 20-minute podcasts to individual players on the Colorado Rockies getting into exactly where they're at in their career right now. Maybe a little bit of career retrospective if I feel like it's necessary. But for our topic of conversation today, starting pitcher, John Gray. I think there's very little of that, right? I think that just about everyone listening to this has been with me for a while and and basically knows where we stand on John Gray. Just to get a couple of numbers out there so we all know where he's at now. John has pitched in parts of seven seasons for the Colorado Rockies. He carries a 53-49 and win-loss record. He's got a career 459 ERA, 152 games pitched, 151 of those started. Yes, I do still remember that San Diego game where he came out of the bullpen and everything got terrible. He's pitched 829.1 innings so far in his career and has a league-adjusted ERA plus of 107, or roughly 7% better than league average. He is, of course, an impending free agent, meaning that unless the Colorado Rockies can very quickly work out an extension with John Gray, as they just did with C.J. Crone and Antonio Sensatella, they will need to actually offer him a completely new contract in free agency here in about a month, all of which is very, very possible. Any of those things, whether him reaching an extension or, you know, the other thing. So, I figured I'd really break down now what I think can or is likely to happen and basically the contract that I would offer John Gray if I was sitting in the general manager's chair right now. Of course, we should begin with a couple of caveats. First of all, is it really the right move or the right idea to bring back John Gray? And again, those of you who've been with me for a while, we've had this conversation and debate. For me, it's relatively simple. You need five above average starting pitchers in order for the Colorado Rockies to get into the postseason. History shows that that is the best way to get the job done, and it's also been very, very difficult to make it happen. In fact, this past 2021 season, it was the first time in franchise history they've had all guys, all five guys in the rotation have an ERA plus of 100 or better, and them not make the postseason. So obviously it's possible, but you still need to keep that intact. So if you don't sign John Gray to the kind of contract I'm about to describe, well, you're going to need to give that deal to somebody else a year from now or two years from now or whenever you're planning on being a contender again. And whoever that person is, almost assuredly, you will know less about what they can do at Coors Field than you do about John Gray, who's handled it better than probably anyone in their career whose name isn't Jorge De La Rosa or Aaron Cook. And so you can take a gamble on somebody else and maybe pay slightly less of a contract. But as we get into it, John Gray shouldn't honestly be more expensive than what is just basically fair. And the Rockies just showed that they're willing to pay fair price for their starting pitching with the last two guys that they signed. Obviously, there was the Sensatella deal. It's given him $10 million on average 
over the course of these next four years, right? And that's about what he's been worth. And in fact, as we look into it, John Gray and Antonio Sensatella have been very, very similar in value. They're both putting up about two war a season. If you want to get into the the real nitty gritty about like how teams approach this, right? And it's basically dollar per war. And there's not an exact, you know, everyone's going to have their own evaluation of, of what it is. And maybe if it's a position player, a pitcher, a reliever, it's going to vary. But essentially, a two war player is worth in that range of about $10 million a year, probably a bit more than that, especially as we move forward in time here. Now, with John, you've got to take into consideration him being a high draft pick, him being a little bit more of a face of the franchise, him being a leader in that rotation, the guy who was first through the door, you know, and, and while he hasn't been as good as Armand Marquez, who's been a three-win-a-year player, I still think because of everything that he's meant to the team, because of where the market is now or a few years later on down the line, and, and just everything that I think is wrapped up here, you can basically give him the same contract that they gave Herman Marquez, but flip it. So what do I mean by that? Well, Marquez has a backloaded contract that began in 2020, 2022. It's a five-year, $43 million contract with a chance for more, a club option in 24. He made $4.5 million in 2020, $7.5 million in 2021, $11 million he'll make next year, which is basically what he's been worth for these last couple of years, probably more than that. $15 million in 23, and then a club option that will almost certainly get picked up, like I said, in 2024, worth $16 million, which is, he's been worth in that range, depending on, uh, you know, the season he's having and the, and the stretch of games that he's having, uh, how you evaluate, you know, strikeouts, and there's always going to be a little bit of wiggle room in all of these things, but that's basically what Marquez has been worth. There's absolutely the chance that he still reaches that next level, and then he'll be an underpaid guy, which is good for the Rockies and bad for Herman Marquez. But for what he's actually been, this is right. And while John Gray hasn't been quite as good, I think you can say he's been probably to the organization just as valuable in a lot of ways as Herman Marquez. You want to do right by him. You want to keep him. You feel good about his future here, certainly better than you do about someone else to come in and try to replicate his value, which is going to cost you probably about this much anyway. So this is what I would do with John Gray. Like I said, just flip it around. A four-year deal with a club option or a, or a five-year deal with a club option. Next year in 2022, John gets his big payday. Give him the big $16 million. There's a couple of reasons why I want to do this. I am of the opinion, especially after reading the most recent quotes coming out of the front office, that they're not going huge this free agent offseason. They're not spending all that money. They may go get a guy, but that's not going to flip this thing around, right? I like to use the analogy of the big tanker, but I'm not a boatsman, but a big, a big ship out at sea. And if you're going to change direction, you're going to change course. You don't just throw the anchor down and immediately try to move the opposite direction. It takes a while to get a big thing like that moving in a different direction. Baseball organizations are great big things, and the Rockies are changing course and have been since the Nolan Arenado thing. And I don't think you try to go all in and compete next year anyway. And if they're saying financially they're not even ready to do that, again, yes, I'd love it if they went out and signed Starling Marte and Mark Canna and whoever else. But since that's unlikely to happen, I do think you're still building more toward 
reopening your window in 23. I think you still try to be better in 22 and you you leave open that possibility that that things can line up earlier than you expected and that's part of why you want to have John Gray and people like that around. But you've got more money coming off the books over the next couple of years. Charlie Blackman as we're talking about front loaded and back loaded, his contract is front loaded like what I'm trying to do here with John Gray so he becomes less and less expensive over the next couple of years, assuming he's going to keep picking up his player options, which I think he will. And obviously more players come off the books, you know, so the the budget will open up in the future. The other thing is, of course, that John at, you know, 30 years old now, not quite the spring chicken that he was. God, you remember when he was just the new kid? Uh, We're all getting old, right? But plenty of good baseball still left in him. But I think we've all watched John long enough to know also that he very easily could and should have a second career in the bullpen, even though, as we talked about, he's only ever pitched out of there one time in his life. But that if, you know, at age 33 or 34, he's not quite as effective as he has been, that his ability to figure out Coors Field and the Coors Field hangover effect and his stuff and his strikeout pitches and and the kind of mentality that he's just hardened over the years of being here I think would make for a really good relief so you realize you've got this like worst case scenario in my mind where if he does start to you know not pitch quite as well he can find or or even just age age gets to everybody right and second life for him in the bullpen you know further on down the line and then he'd be making bullpen money if you flipped it so that next year he makes 16 million which would be more than he's made. He's made about $12 million combined in his career with the Rockies, with half of that coming this last season of arbitration at $6 million. So you give him 16 right away, just boom, big chunk right up front. Here's your, your salary. You know, he's the, the top guy, one of the top paid players in the organization next year, you know, and, and you're feeling good about that, even if it's still going to take the Rockies a little bit longer to build this rest of the team around that starting rotation. You've now locked in your rotation. You've got Marquez for the next couple of years. They just locked up Sensatella. Freeland is only, I think, two or three more years, but you can work on a similar type extension there. You've got John Gray in the mix. Feeling really, really good about your team. Obviously, Gomber under control for quite some time. So I'd go 16 million, 15 and 23, 11 million and 24, and that, you know, down to 7 million and 25. And then you look at, player options and I think that's what even could hang up these conversations entirely because you know I think the Rockies would be more than happy to do that and and John would be more than happy to do that there's just that question you know where Marquez has this kind of ultimate carrot hanging out there at the end of the deal saying and you'll get your biggest payday yet if you continue to be good over all of these years the club will pick up an option pay you another 16 million so I think you'd want to throw something like that on the end of this deal as well and maybe even for john because he's got a little bit more power here if he's going to go into free agency uh, a mutual option something like that but i think this deal gets it done i think they've shown that you know they're willing to pay for this production they did it with senzatella they did it with marquez i don't see why they would get stingy with john gray they really really shouldn't he just means that much to the organization. And I know he's never been 
you know, the top line guy that a lot of people really, really wanted him to be, myself very much included. And I still think there's a possibility for him to find that gear in there. I've got an, a, an article coming up on the Patreon. Thank you again, everyone, for subscribing. And, you know, I talked to him for a while about this and him being a puzzle solver. A lot like myself, honestly. It's one of the reasons I love covering the Rockies. I love trying to figure them out and figure out what's going to work here because it's not the same as what's going to work everywhere else. And so we're having a very different conversation. And, and John recognizes that as well about pitching here. And it's a unique challenge and one that he feels like he's been learning about and adjusting to and coming to understand over his entire career. And so, you know, he told me, yeah, there. if it doesn't work out here, there's a lot of things that he will miss, you know, his teammates and, and all of those things. But that that was one of them, is that working on the puzzle, trying to solve the problem and figure it out and come to, you know, and get better. So many opportunities to get better. Of course, he and I are giant nerds, so we even talked about it, like, in terms of video games, how it's like a really hard video game that you can't really beat. You can only get better at it. And that's what John has been doing at Coors Field for seven years. So while I know he would absolutely laugh in my face if I said, not laugh in my face, but he'd give a big hearty laugh if I said, you know, signing you, they don't just get a really good pitcher. They also kind of get a pseudo pitching coach. And he's not, I'm not talking about like the Daniel Bard thing. And that's a bit more legitimate because Daniel Bard has been a coach and, and has, uh, you know, more age and experience and especially experience when it comes to the mental side of the game. And, you know, asking guys to pull double duty like that is always a little bit difficult, but there might not be anybody who has a better understanding of what it takes to compete as a Colorado Rockies pitcher than John Gray. Certainly not anyone who's an active player in the game. And so to just have that guy around, going out every fifth day, but then on the other four days of the week, talking to Ryan Rollison and Peter Lambert and Austin Gomber and whoever's coming up through the bullpen and saying, yeah, here's how I grip my slider a little bit differently on the road versus at home, or here's how I set my sights a little bit differently here versus there. Here's how I try to make sure that I'm accounting for the differences between Coors Field and other places while still not letting that be my entire focus. Going out there and pitching my game while recognizing that, as Chad Bettis once told me, they have to be the best adjusters in baseball. They have to be the absolute best at them. And that's gotten the better of them a lot over the years, not being able to do that offensively, defensively, well, maybe not defensively, but certainly in terms of pitching and hitting. So, yeah, there it is. That's what I would give John Gray, and I hope the Rockies can come to terms with him on something like that. I hope they don't look too hard at the stats and say, you know, you're not quite Herman Marquez, so we're not going to give you that deal. And there's even some of, like, would Marquez feel like that's fair if a guy who hasn't been quite as good as him is making the exact same money basically i really did just take marquez's contract and flip it around uh, you know maybe take 
a little bit out of there here and there if you want it to still be, you know, financially clear that Marquez is your top guy. I don't think it needs to go that way. Uh, but if you find that in-between spot between Marquez and Senzatella, that is where John Gray should be, even just by the numbers. So this should happen. It's going to be very frustrating if the Rockies blow this play based on money. It's going to be another DJ LeMahieu, but worse, because DJ, as you all remember, did not pitch not one single game in Colorado did DJ LeMahieu take them out, not once. And this is the most important part of the team. You lose John Gray, your captain of your rotation is gone. And now you aren't just hoping that Peter Lambert or Ryan Rollison can become a thing. You need them to be. You're counting on them to become a thing. Or you've got to go back out in free agency somewhere and replace John Gray, and I just don't see it, folks. I do not see somebody who you're going to be able to pay less to produce this at Coors Field. And we all know that just grabbing a guy in, off the free agent market and saying, yeah, he should be able to be what he was somewhere else as a starting pitcher at Coors, that has never, ever, ever happened. <laughs> so maybe maybe invest in the guy you know. And if it really does come down to this offseason, all the Rockies did was retain their most important pieces, Sensatella, Crone, Gray. Even if like if Story takes that option or the the qualifying offer and that makes it so that the Rockies really don't have any money to spend and they maybe go and spend $5 million on a reliever and that's that's the end of the offseason. To me, it's still more successful than if they let John Gray go and then do go and sign Starling Marte or whoever with that money. Like, no, that's not even a lateral move. It's a backward move. Yes, your offense got better a little bit, quite a bit probably, but it's still just one player. <laughs> As if it was, if we've all been watching the postseason, right? Star position players are not the things that win you the most important games. Pitching is. Always has been. You got to keep this band together. This starting rotation is the future of the Colorado Rockies, and John Gray is its captain. This deal that I just described should not be difficult for the Rockies to pull off, and if it means they've got to punt on some other stuff that would maybe be more exciting in a shiny new toy kind of way, fine. This is the prudent thing to do, especially if you really, truly do want to compete in 22 or 23. I don't think the Rockies can do it without John Gray. This is an important one. So we'll all be watching out, of course. I'll be talking back at you when stuff happens. And like I said, you know, a lot of the other conversation around players isn't going to be quite as dramatic in terms of will they, won't they, and what, what does the future look like. But I want to go through just about everybody on the team and devote an entire podcast to each guy. They've all got interesting stories to tell and statistics to look at and, and futures to ponder, right? And so we're going to be doing that all off season. I've got plenty of other stuff planned this way. Like I said, be on the lookout for the written content. Uh, make sure you're checking for... The nerd stuff at night, sports stuff in the afternoon, music in the morning. And as always, thank you so, so much for subscribing here on the Patreon, spreading the word, letting people know what you like about the content. Uh, you know, I really, really do appreciate it, especially in these early days. We're trying to grow. I'm about halfway to my first goal of basically making it so that I can do this most of the time, so that I, you know, can kind of ease off maybe looking for 
full-time work and, and basically we're halfway to making this very close to my full-time job and so i can't thank you all enough for that and let's just keep it going I promise to keep pumping out the content. If you pump, promise to keep listening and, and writing and, and watching once I get the videos and stuff going. Too. So thank you all so much. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.